I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Lamore Kessem, Principal Consultant of Cyber Crisis Management at IBM Security, about breach trends in the healthcare and related sectors. So, Lamore, IBM recently issued its annual Cost of a Data Breach Report. How do healthcare sector breach trends compare this year with what you see in other industries and also in the past? Probably one of the most significant factors this year is yet again the cost of data breaches in the healthcare sector. These uh, breaches cost more than twice the average in all other sectors. So we're at $10.1 million when the global average is $4.35 million. And this is the 12th year in a row that healthcare tops our charts with the highest cost of a breach. So it's a lot of money. Compared to other sectors, it also takes longer for healthcare organizations to identify contain attacks. So over 10.5 months, that's 14% more than other sectors. But there's also a more significant percentage of breaches that occur because of things like IT failure and things related to human errors, which is relatively a lot. A healthcare sector is 30% is just IT failures. We've also seen that in 47% of the breaches that we looked at, there was customer information, personal data exposed, names, contact details, social security, date of birth, it could be healthcare data. A lot of these things are obviously very hard to change, which gives cyber criminals then a chance to use them over time. And we all know healthcare organizations are really stretched thin during the pandemic. And they've also seen an increase of attacks over the years, especially over the past two years, with more ransomware extortions, because cyber criminals are seeing even more leverage in that sector. So this is what stood out to us. So, Lamora, with that said, why are health data breaches so costly compared with other industries? There are actually many factors that play into the costly outcomes of a healthcare breach. As you know, healthcare has undergone an EHR revolution, right? And the electronic healthcare records. So over the past decade, that's been happening, but we haven't seen like a major security revolution to the same extent, right? So the same goes for a lot of organizations, but also in healthcare is pushing up to scale in the cloud and interoperability that they've been undergoing. And there's a lot of stuff happening, but the security is not maturing as quickly. Again, the pandemic played a part here. And so the result is there are more records out there. They're not very secure. There are more breaches. And then each case exposes a lot of data. And when you look at a per record cost, it's very costly for the healthcare sector. There's also the classic concept of just unscheduled downtime. Every sector has this, but in the healthcare sector, if you have downtime of the EHR platform, they could see as much as uh, $7,900 per minute for every downtime minute that they have. Or the Poneman Institute saw that, you know, even just a mid-sized hospital, even if they plan the downtime and it's even, you know, not full downtime, it's about almost $46,000 per hour. So when a, a very disruptive attack happens and it takes a long time to get to, to stop the disruption and get back to work, these costs really accumulate. There are two more factors that are important. Healthcare is part of the critical infrastructure sector set where breaches are already more costly. So about half a million dollar more costly there. 
They're also a highly regulated industry, so they can be slapped with regulatory fines that add up to the breach costs. And they have really hefty costs of recovery because a lot of times it's more than one facility that's impacted. And even there was a recently case I noted in the healthcare system in, in the United States that posted losses of $100 million to their second quarter earnings just due to suffering a, a cyber attack. So all these and more really contribute to the high costs in the healthcare sector. So Lamour, what types of data breaches do you see in the healthcare sector compared with other industries? For instance, was there a higher rate of ransomware attacks that got reported as data breaches? All the sectors had similar types of attacks, and that's also the types of attacks that we looked at in this report. In the healthcare sector, the top issues were malicious attacks, IT failures. Again, that was a hefty one. It was about a third of all attacks and some human error. And in that mix, we have supply chain attacks, we have destructive attacks that came from, let's say, nation states trying to disrupt the operations, ransomware, and and other attacks. So those are the top things that we're seeing. And if we look at it, really, when we look at the story behind this, you see IT failures and human error, you're thinking, oh, well, you know, this comes into a bigger story of a skills shortage overall, skill shortage in tech, in security, and not enough people. And this is really impacting every sector in the world right now. So Lamar, what about data breaches in the pharmaceutical industry? What stood out about that sector and why? Uh, so it's good that we're talking about pharma organizations because they're like, you know, mentally not far from healthcare, right, in certain senses, but really they're very far in breach costs. So they saw an average breach cost of $5 million. They identify breaches a lot faster. So just 254 days comparing to 317 days in healthcare. They have similar issues in terms of the attack types they, they have and also regulation. And they also have attacker types from nation state side that are more about stealing their intellectual property rather than disrupting them. So especially if we saw, you know, in the past couple of years, things that had to do with the the COVID vaccine and things like that, that's where they have seen a lot of attacks that are looking to steal information, intelligence, things like that. So that's what stood out in this report. And what about data breaches in other critical infrastructure sectors? What stood out in other industries? So the critical infrastructure group of sectors has really been extremely vulnerable. And, you know, there's a year ago, the Biden administration has said, critical infrastructure, please watch. There is a lot of attacks. There are a lot of attacks. There are a lot of adversarial nation states coming after you. Please mature your security. We're not telling you to go buy stuff, but we do want you to start on a zero trust journey. So zero trust is taking the security stack you already have and working to start limiting the trust you have in each identity and in each access that this identity is performing and starting to kind of micro-segment, you know, what each person can do each time they access the network. So in, in that sense, you're limiting how far they can get each time and what they can get to. And unfortunately, 80% of critical infrastructure has still to date not applied any zero trust doctrines. And this is not good. I mean, this is definitely making their environments overly trusting. They can get breached by more uh, third-party breaches. Actually, 17% of their breaches were uh, supply chain attacks, and they are also seeing higher costs. So their costs are about a million point two more than organizations that do implement zero trust principles. 
So Lamar, you mentioned zero trust and how it could apply across all industries. What's your advice for how healthcare sector entities and pharmaceutical firms can do a better job preventing the most common types of breaches that you saw that are plaguing those sectors? So I don't know nowadays if I would say that somebody could prevent. There's definitely a lot of work to be done in prevention. I think that what's lacking a lot is also preparation. So when, especially in the healthcare sector, usually it's not just one hospital, it's a, it's a few of them. The impact can come in different ways and, and impact a lot of people. So be prepared, have incident response plans, have a special ransomware playbook for those cases that become ever so complex and also drill those plans. Those are huge cost mitigators. The companies that had these plans in place that are drilling these plans that have incident response staff paid 55% lower in breach costs than those who do not. So it pays two, two times. It pays to be more secure and more prepared, but it also pays if something bad goes wrong. Security automation, a huge one as well, you know, as much as possible automate across all the infrastructure, fully deployed security automation strategies had a way lower breach costs of just $2.9 million, whereas those that had no automation paid $6.71 million. This is a really big difference. So it's, it's not to say, you know, get security automation to save money. It pays for itself. And it also releases your staff that's already stretched thin to go do other things and more meaningful operations in your security team. We talked about how security did not mature in the same rate. So go and get mature on those places. Cloud strategy on the API security and the interoperability projects, all those really important things, the EHR, the electronic healthcare record systems and platforms that are being used, all these things need more security maturity. And that definitely is a way to prevent and protect. So those are the three things I would say on top of, of course, zero trust. That's a very important thing for critical infrastructure in general. Well, thank you very much, Lamore. I've been speaking to Lamore Kessem. I'm Marianne Kolbisek-Begee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.